sins away. Oh, say much I'm glad. From the International Headquarters of the Sword of the Lord Publishers and Ministries here in downtown Murfreesboro, Tennessee, this is Making a Difference, and I'm Dr. Shelton Smith. I have the privilege of being the president and editor of the Sword of the Lord Publishers and Ministries, and as president and editor, I get to be here on the broadcast with you every day. And I'm pretty excited about that because we gather here and spend some time with an open Bible talking about the things that the Lord has left us in His Word that are designed Number one, to help us get the salvation issue settled. And then secondly, to help us in living the Christian life. Lots of information in the Bible. Right now, we are right in the middle of a two-week series on compelling Bible questions. Last week, we looked at a separate Bible question each day, and we're going to do the same thing this week with the Lord's help and blessing. Today, we're going to be looking into Matthew chapter 22, and the question is found in verse 36. I'll get to that in just a moment. Let me remind you, the National Sword of the Lord Conference is coming July 18 through 21 at Walkertown, North Carolina, we invite all of you to come. No registration fees. Simply show up. You're a walk-in. All seats are free, July 18 through 21. And also, I would like today to offer you a sample copy of our Sword of the Lord newspaper. The Sword of the Lord is a Christian newspaper. In fact, I call it the world's greatest newspaper. I believe that it truly is because of the nature of it. I think you'll find it helpful. We are now in our 87th year Plus, we've already had the 87th anniversary, so actually it's 88th year of constant publication, and it's been my privilege now for the last 27 years to lead the ministry here, and I'll be glad to send you a sample copy of the paper just for asking. I'll give you the address at the end of the broadcast today. Now, let's look at Matthew chapter 22, and uh, what we have here in this passage is a context in which the Pharisees and Sadducees, two groups, prominent religious groups of the era in which Jesus was here on the earth, they uh, were listening very closely. Jesus said to them, you do err because you don't know the scriptures and you don't know the power of God. But he said, here's the facts about the resurrection of the dead. Have you not read that which was spoken unto you by God, saying, I am the God of Abraham, and the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. God is not the God of the dead, but of the living. And uh, when the folks heard it, verse 33 says, they were astonished at his doctrine. And then the Pharisees and the Sadducees, who had been sitting by rather quietly, they came, and one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him the question that is our question of the day. Verse 36, that lawyer said, Master, which is the great commandment in the law. Jesus gave this answer, verse 37. Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And then without being asked another question, he added this to it, verse 39. The second is likened to it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. In other words, the Old Testament really is wrapped up in the truth of those two powerful statements. Now, that's the context. And when the lawyer asked this question, it's not an unusual question at all. 
because people sometimes want to say, well, this commandment is bigger than the other, and another commandment is lesser than another. And it's true, the Bible does refer to the least of the commandments, so there's some validity to that. But at the same time, men are always trying to lessen one of God's words and uh, kind of push it in the background and make something else that's maybe not bothering them to be the bigger of the two. Now, that's just not the way we ought to do. In this case, the question was raised, which is the great commandment. Jesus said, you're to love God, love him with all your heart, soul, and mind. And at the same time, he said the second part of it is, which sometimes people don't want to put into the equation at all, that is simply you're to love your neighbor as yourself. Now, in all truth, folks, this is a summary. These two statements are a summary of the Ten Commandments. Now, the Ten Commandments are found in two places in the Bible. That is Exodus 20 and Deuteronomy 5. And in those two places, they're laid out like this. Commandments 5 through 10 have to do with our relationship to one another our relationship with other fellow human beings. So the question here is raised, what is the great commandment? The Lord gives that answer. Now, you and I really would be well advised, I think, and if I may suggest that we determine and that we devote ourselves to giving ourselves to doing the great things. He asked, what's the great commandment? Jesus said, love God, love your neighbor. Those are great things. So you and I should be willing to get on the boat where we're going to do great things. Don't trivialize your life. Don't spend your time out here just uh, piddling with things that don't really matter at all. Find the great things and give yourself to it. And they are, first of all, loving God. Now, why should we do that? Well, honestly, He is God. He is the great creator of the universe. I look around me all the time and see evidences of creation. And if there is creation, that means there's a creator. If something has been produced, there must be a producer. And he, the Lord God, is the creator. The Bible asserts that. And if you have any concept at all of scientific reality, you don't have to look very far to know that we do have a creator. Not only that, but he is also the Savior. God the Father sent his Son to die on the cross, to rise from the grave, to ascend back to heaven, and to sit at his right hand making intercession for us. And we love God because of his great creative work, but my, how much easier it is to contemplate what he has done in providing salvation for us, and that ought to give us every motivation to be in a loving relationship with him. I want you to know he is worthy of your love. He is worthy of your devotion. Now, when we love the Lord, that means we're going to honor him, and we are going to be personally helped thereby. If we love God like we ought to love him, that means we're going to push him forward. He's going to be prominent in our life, and we are going to honor him every step of the way. I mean, just by our countenance, our demeanor, our actions, our behavior, all of those kinds of things. We'll remember we're saved. We're the child of God. He's our Heavenly Father. And as a result, we want to make Him to be honored in every sense of the word. And when you and I do that, it's good for us. I want you to know the Lord, who is our Heavenly Father, once we're saved, He wants to bless us. He loves to give His blessing. 
He wants to give and give generously to us. He loves to answer prayer. Now, you're not going to get answers to prayers you haven't made, but if you'll make prayer, then you'll find that answers become possible. The Lord loves to answer prayer. He loves to provide. He loves to protect us. All of these things because that He is God, and because He's God, we have something really so special that we ought to love Him and love Him dearly. I remember over in 1 John chapter number 4 and verse 10 in that chapter says very clearly, Herein is love. Not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Verse 19 in that chapter says, We love Him because He first loved us. Listen, when we were unlovely and unloving, God still loved us. And because we discovered His love, then we can return that and show how deeply we can love Him as well. So, the greatest commandment, runs really deep because it ties us to God and it puts us in a relationship with Him and literally it affects everything we touch. It affects everybody we know because when we are in love with the Lord, it will impact our relationship with other people. And that's why the second part of this is the Lord says, if we love God, we're going to love others as well. In fact, this same First John chapter 4 and uh, verse number 7 in that chapter says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. Now, I know sometimes people get so mushy about this kind of thing that it's like old hat with them, and they think that it's not even something that ought to be emphasized. Listen, we live in a world where hate is going rampant, where hate is happening every hour of the day, wholesale in so many places. You can't even walk down the streets in many places and do it safely because of the hate and the hostility. I mean, the venomous kind of mentality that so many people have in this day and time. And what I'm talking to you about is when the love of God is in your heart, it will impact how you relate to other people. Again, 1 John chapter 4, verse 11 says, Beloved, if God so love us, we ought also to love one another. So again, these two things are intrinsically tied together. You love God, it's going to impact how you relate to other people. Now, sometimes, you know, we let things get in the way. We let societal issues get in the way. We let uh, racial issues get in the way. We let economic issues get in the way. And that should never be the case. We should not relate to people in a way that is negative because they are a little different than we might be, or maybe they've got a different idea on something. No, the Bible makes very clear here that you and I, once we're born again, once we're in right relationship with God, it ought to do wonders for our relationship with other people. Now, you say, well, they hate me. Well, you don't have to hate them back. You say, well, they've been ugly to me. You don't have to be ugly to them. You can be a person of love with a loving heart, demonstrating your life in a loving way, whatever other people are doing. It doesn't matter what they do to you. It should not impact how you relate to them. Now, you may have to adjust your behavior a little bit because uh, they may be threatening you. But at the same time, it doesn't mean that you have to hate them because they hate you. I'm telling you, all this is laid out in the Bible. It's all very, very clear here what the Lord is saying to us. Verse 20 and 21 of this same fourth chapter of 1 John says, If a man say, I love God, and hateth his brother, watch this, 
He is a liar. That is, the truth is not in him, dear friends. Now, for he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? That is, if you're going to say, well, I hate my brother, that tells us something about your relationship to God. It's just like telegraphing. You don't have things in place with God like they ought to be when you have that hatred towards somebody else here on the planet. Verse 21 then goes on to say, This commandment have we from him, that he who loveth God love his brother also. So it's God's expectation that we would take the love that we have for him and just transfer it right down. I mean, we talk uh, sometimes economically about trickle-down economics. Well, this is trickle-down theology. You get things right with God, it's going to impact how you relate to other people. First uh, John chapter 1 talks about that in terms of fellowship. We get our fellowship right with God, it will impact our fellowship with other people. So, yes, the greatest commandment is like this. We're to love God with all of our heart, all of our mind, all of our soul. And when we love God like that, Jesus went ahead and volunteered the second part, and he said, oh, yes, and you should love your neighbor as yourself as well. So it is a twofold answer. The compelling Bible question, what is the great commandment? Well, it's love God and then love other human beings as well. Well, we'll look at some more things the next few days here this week, and I hope that you'll join me every day right here at this time on this station. I look forward to being here, and I trust that you'll join me. I love to hear from you, so I hope that you'll write me a note and let me know that you're listening and also request a free copy of our Sword of the Lord newspaper. I'll be glad to send it out to you. So write to me, Dr. Shelton Smith, at P.O. Box 1099, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, 37133. The email address is radio at swordofthelord.com. And we look forward to being right back here again tomorrow. This is Dr. Shelton Smith, the president and editor of the Sword of the Lord. And here we are steadfast, unmovable, and always abounding. So God bless you, dear friend, and goodbye for now. Mm-hmm.